Thanks for tuning in to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. You are listening to an interview with Amy Azell called Newcomers to Faith Learn Together. For today's show notes, transcript, and more information about your Newborn Promise project, please visit GrahamBlanchard.com. Welcome back to the Newborn Promise Podcast. I'm Audra Haney. The idea of starting anything from scratch can be daunting. For first-generation believers who are new to the faith, sharing Jesus with their children can even be downright intimidating. Today, Amy Azell, a passionate mom and faithful church preschool teacher, shares encouragement for these families who are learning new things together. Her personal testimony and ideas from when her children were young remind us that sometimes things made from scratch, things that require both creativity and intentionality, are the most beautiful things and totally worth the effort. We also want to apologize for a small clicking noise during the episode. It was the result of a poor Skype connection, but we hope it's not too distracting from Amy's great message. Well, Amy, we are so excited to have you with us today. Not only are you a mom, you have two children in college and a 13-year-old boy, but you've been so involved in teaching children in the church, including uh, mops mentoring and preschool teacher for a very large church in Austin. So we are so excited to hear uh, your wisdom and insight and ideas today. Uh, but before we dive in, do you mind just sharing a little bit of your personal testimony? I was not raised in a home you know, with, from a Christian faith, and it was a very loving home, and I'm grateful for my mother and my father, and they did the best they possibly could. I do remember as a small child my mother let me go to a VBS, a week-long class, and I loved it. And I realize now that God planted those little seeds right there because learning His Word and His ways, those things are not void, and, and they last forever. And so I was hungry for that. And then once I met people in high school and college that had a firm faith, it was a, a very inviting thing, and I was very curious and interested. The Lord put specific people in my path, and so randomly you get a college roommate, but mine happened to be a pastor's daughter. And so um, she was just a lovely young lady and was very loving and kind and invited me to go to church with her throughout college. And so that seed was planted. And then once I graduated, my roommate after college, uh, she was from a a Presbyterian family. And she really had a significant role in my faith. And I'm forever grateful for that. Mm, Amy, that's a beautiful testimony. How did your life change after you accepted Christ as your Savior and really began to follow Him? Well, The good news is I I have a beautiful relationship with my father, and it's always known that, you know, that's a very significant, important part of a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. So that connection was easy for me, and it was just the peace of knowing, you know what, I am saved, and I do believe, and there is eternal life, and those things, you know, bring incredible security, peace 
and um, just knowing that I'm forgiven and that God is a God of second chances, and I'm so grateful. Tell us a little bit about your journey after becoming a believer. How did you begin to grow in your knowledge of God and the Bible with all of this being so new? How did you find support as you walked out your new faith? You know, I understood the ABCs of becoming a Christian and, you know, to accept and believe and confess, but trying to take in the scriptures and understand even how to flip through the Bible was work. And um, I got baptized, I guess, when I was 24. And so going to church, I I really enjoyed it. I got married at 28. And um, my husband and I went to a lot of Bible study classes. We were in Sunday school. And my husband was my, you know, spiritual rock. And he was raised in a Christian home. So he was so loving in his leadership, you know, to guide. And that was a really helpful thing. But just sitting and being a part of Bible studies, you're learning and you're growing. But once I realized that I had to teach it to somebody else, all of a sudden that's the realization of, wow, I don't know if I know how to do that. And so what I did was I just gathered resources. I'm one of those resource types of people. And I, children's Bibles and children's books and anything I could to try to learn those little stories that everybody else knew. I mean, it's almost comical, but I didn't even know Noah's Ark as a child. I didn't know any of those little children Bible stories. So the point is, God can do something with nothing. And I'm a a definitely somebody who represents that because I really, I had no knowledge. And it just took time and patience. And I got to learn with my children. And I think that was really fun to learn with them. And then Amy, as you went on to have children, you really sought God about how to teach them your faith. And being a first-time generation believer, what would you say to parents who are in a similar situation that maybe have insecurities or doubts about sharing their faith with their children or talking about Jesus? Feeling insecure about understanding Jesus' teaching is, to me, I can identify with completely. And um, I guess, first of all, being in groups and being, you know, being in a study, that's a very helpful, loving place to start, even though feeling like, I don't know anything these people know in this group or but usually people in the group, there's more than one that feels like that. And God is so patient and kind, and it it makes it, for me, so much easier to be in a group when I know there's different levels. And usually leaders in groups, I've found, I've had so many mentors. I, I think that's the most important thing, finding mentors, people that have been where you are going, and somebody that you possibly admire. Those are the things to me that the church represents and those groups represent, you know, if you can be a part of that. But feeling insecure and staying away from the church and those groups, I, you know, for me, I know that that wouldn't have helped me. But diving in and having people around me loving me, that was the most encouraging thing. And how were you intentional about finding mentors and seeking out that help? 
what did that look like for you? And how did you decide who to pick and how to ask? That seems really brave to me. First of all, in one of the churches we were members of in Dallas, there was a young mother's group, and then there were older mentor mom groups, which that was a really unique thing to have at a church. And it was so helpful because they would come alongside. And so that was a wonderful resource. And I got to know one woman who wasn't a lot older than me, but just had an just amazing wisdom in raising children in a godly home. And she was so very helpful to me. And, you know, my prayer is that other people would be able to have those. I know another church we were members of in Dallas, there were mentoring groups, and people would intentionally ask, hey, will you mentor me? And you're right, it it takes a little guts to do that. But I think, you know, when I put my humble hat on, I realized, wow, I'm so broken and messed up. I don't know, even know where to start. And that's the beauty of, you know, God putting people in our lives. And so I see that that has been a very helpful thing. I know there's mentor groups here in the area where I live in Austin um, where, you know, it's a program where it's a mentoring mothers group. And so those kinds of groups are very helpful. And of course, looking in God's Word where all of our resources are, but being able to, you know, move through that information with somebody who might be older and wiser and have more experience is is always a helpful tool. Mm, That's great advice. And Amy, your story really has come full circle. You know, you have those beautiful memories of being so touched by VBS um, as a young child. And now you really invest a lot of your life and energy into ministering to young children inside the church. Tell me about that calling and why this work is so special to you. Well, you know, when I think about it, it is almost comical because of where I came from. Um, But because I loved and enjoyed teaching my children, and we had so much fun, I realized the value and the importance of it and realized what a foundation it gives children. Um, I think a child is never too young to hear a story, to hear Bible verses, to hear anything biblical. Um, A pastor that I I read a lot of his books, I admire, when he speaks about training up a child or teaching them God's Word, he said, think of it as like a shopping spree for the mind. It's a chance to collect and store up treasures you'll enjoy forever. And, And that's those Bible verses, if you can teach children when they're young, it truly plants a seed and it will stay with them throughout their life. And I guess that was my motivation. And there was just an opportunity to serve in our church. And so our whole family started teaching. And that that became a really special Thing that we all did together is we taught, you know, the twos, the threes, the four-year-olds, the five-year-olds, and there's something you can give to each of those little ones. I love your heart in that, and like you said, it certainly is so important to pour into these young hearts, and it doesn't come back void. And Amy, how did you bring this heart for teaching into your home as a first-time believer? How did that play out in everyday life? And what were some creative and intentional ways you were sharing God with your kids? Well, you're right. It's something you have to make room for. 
because it's not easy. And there's many other mom and dad tasks that need to be done in the family. But um, when, when my children were very young, I would tell them we'd have mommy school. And that was just literally maybe 30 minutes where I would think through and they'd, we'd read stories and we'd do a little craft. And, um, you know, it always had something to do, you know, with a biblical character or a character virtue, something like that where they would be learning and thinking. But even to take it a step further, if you were on the go, it would be something that would sound more like if I was at the grocery store. I would make sure I brought up, you know what, your dad works so hard you know, and allows us to go to the grocery store and buy things to want to be a good steward. So it it was just weaved throughout the day. If, you know, we were going to visit somebody, I, you know, if our word of the week was respect, we'd talk about how we could honor other people and what God says about respect and what that would look like. So it was more fleshing it out throughout the day. There were times at home when, you know, we'd be intentional and spend time, we'd always read to our children. I mean, I, if anything, if you can't do anything, just read. Reading to me, if I read to my child, you know, for a good 20, 30 minutes, then I felt like, okay, we did something today. Not every day is going to look the same, and I, you know, I realize that, and everybody knows that. But just being able to read to them and put up the phone and not look at it, but being all there, Mom, in those times. And it's easy to say, but it can be a really hard thing to do. <laughs> For me, I always had to have my own aim or goals. And think in mind, I had to plan out, okay, what do I want to teach my children? And so I guess the thing is to back up from there and realize that before my husband and I had children, we created our own mission statement around, okay, who are we? What is our identity? What do we stand for? And so my husband, being our spiritual rock, he selected a scripture, and it happened to be Matthew 5:16, let your light shine before man. And so we didn't teach our children that whole long Bible verse. We just shortened it, let your light shine, when they're very young years. So that they would connect that, remember who you are, Remember your identity, and we had this little saying about who we were, the Ezels, we honor God, we show love, kindness, and respect, um, and we think of others. So those were the little things that we planted in their hearts of who they were. And then from that, you know, then we had to decide as parents, okay, that meant, you know, at mealtime, praying, that meant devotions, that meant stories, not all stories, but most of our stories were somewhat intentional. And they were stories that led them, you know, to God, the Father who loves you, your Heavenly Father, who cares for you. And so just a life thinking that way. And Amy, you are very creative and have a lot of great ideas for teaching children with crafts. What are some of your favorite easy go-tos when it comes to creatively implementing these lessons. It doesn't have to be complicated. I'm a very methodical thinker. Like everything has to make sense intentionally when I do something. And then I kind of have this art side to me. So it was a good outlet. And what I mean by that was if we were learning a Bible verse, 
I made little Bible cards that we'd have at the kitchen table. And I made them real colorful with, say, a character word in the front. And on the back, it would be an explanation. So um, then there would be scriptures to support it, but they would be very simple and very colorful. And we'd just take one Bible verse a month and learn and hide it in their little hearts. And we could either sing it or say it. And then we'd read stories that pertain to that. And then we'd make crafts that would pertain to that. So, you know, those are things I enjoyed with them. Now, that sounds like an all-day thing, but it would be spread out, you know, multiply throughout a month. Um, so, because there's other things you have to do as a mother as well. But in red, you know, and I would try to encourage them in those character traits. So if it was kindness was our character word, we'd learn a Bible verse. Maybe it would be Ephesians 4.32, be kind and tender to one another. And then I would go out of my way to find them doing kind things and encourage them and compliment them. Oh, I love the way you were so kind to your sister and shared. Or I would use those words a lot to try to flesh it out so that they could live it out. I'd take popsicle sticks <laughs> after we had popsicles, and I would write little Bible verse on the front and then on the back, because remember, it would be a very simplified version of Scripture. Instead of, you know, some long Scripture, I would shorten it. Mm. And so we'd have those at the table. And then I made little prayer cards. I would laminate them and put them in their room so that they would have something to look at once they started reading, you know, and I let them color them and where they would become their own. And and then, of course, the beauty of music. And there's so many great children's Christian music where it's Bible verses to catchy music. And those helped me more than they help my children. <laughs> yes, we can really relate to that in our home. I love some of our scripture CDs even more than my children do. Uh, and Amy, I love how you've really emphasized that this has to start in the home. But share about some of the amazing benefits to allowing a child to be a part of a church class as well. Well, I think the whole structure of a little school I see the children thrive in that. They love the scripture, the songs they sing, the hand movements. All those things are developmentally important. Their play, their, you know, those are the things I notice that they love. And, and they love the memory, the scripture memory. They're excited that they've learned that. And I think it's rewarding to see them learn it and hide it in their hearts and, and pray for them. And the families are hungry to come and learn. And, of course, they want the best for their children. And there's a lot of support at the church. And I, I think um, it, it's a really good connection for both. And why would you say it's important to maybe find out what your child was learning in that class and build on it more even at home after class is over? Well, I think, once again, it adds those discussion times. You know, asking questions or making sure teachers send things home if you have an interest, being able to communicate those things that, you know, you want to take it a step further. But I think also being able to have resources at home is very important to have your own 
that you can read to your children. I think we fool ourselves when we think in our mind we're, we're just going to take our child to Sunday school, and that's where their faith will grow and develop. But I know I realize that that's just the beginning point. What what happens at home and the, the amount of time that we spend together as a family and cultivate and nurture our faith, that that's the part to me that you know, is very necessary and important. And what would be your one big piece of advice to these moms and dads who are first-generation believers and really longing to pass their faith on to their children? I think knowing that God loves us more than we could ever imagine and that He has so much joy from us diving in, and it doesn't matter where we start. And it it's similar to me of thinking, because I like to exercise, it is not a sprint. It is a marathon, and it's baby steps. And if you have come from no Christian education or role models, God will provide. And he does that through the church, through loving people. I had so many amazing mentors in my life that helped me. And so I can see through that 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 helped me so much and gave me confidence. And when I didn't feel that I was equipped, and believe me, there's more days I don't feel I'm equipped, but I just think having a plan, you know, we all have jobs BC before children, and we had action plans, and we had goals, and we set our sights on things that we were going to accomplish, and having children is far greater than any job I've ever had, and so I realized I had to be intentional, and I come up with a plan, and I had to execute it. And not every day was going to look like I wanted it to, but I knew that, you know, there were a few things that I wanted to accomplish, and that was loving my children well, spending time with them, being all there. You know, if it was 10 or 15 minutes on the floor, playing, reading, those are very important memories that can never be erased. And so... Those are the things that I would encourage parents with, just, you know, to to seek God and His truth. And that's the best advice you could ever get. It's, It's found in the Bible. And luckily, there's beautiful people like Graham Blanchard and, and other authors that are able to communicate those truths through books, through resources. And to me, those are invaluable. Amy, this is beautiful encouragement. Is there anything else before we close our time out together that you would like to share? I think you have this life before you have children, where for me, I could kind of control that life and, you know, execute. But then God gave me these little children. And, you know, it was definitely a stretch and a growth for me. I'm a mom who's still learning and always struggling. And you know, I realized that God allowed me to be a mother to grow me. And, and that's, you know, that's my aha that I've learned that the beauty of this whole thing is I've gotten to enjoy the ride because I was stretched and I've grown. That's such wonderful encouragement. And I think many of us can relate to that truth. Amy, would you mind praying for our listeners as we close out our show today? Lord, may you just bless our families. I pray for families 
that are um, growing and that are new. May you help them adjust and transition to new seasons of life. May you guide parents who are moving through different stages of child rearing. And please, Lord, intercede for each of us. Fill us with your grace, fulfill our needs, and remind us daily that you are our strength. May growth continue as you lead us, Lord. In your son's precious name we pray, dear Lord. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this amazing interview with Amy. Remember, you can get today's show notes, transcript, and resources for the whole family, our children's board books, activity books, and your newborn promise project at grandblanchard.com.